welcome to episode 30 of Ra Ra Room Radio Podcast with OG Willikers. We got special guest Jason Goodyear in the house today. He's a musician, producer, composer, audio educator. He also goes by the alias Pretty Little Paw. However, it's more than just an alias. According to prettylittlepaw.com, I quote, Pretty Little Paw is me, Jason Goodyear, and anyone else who wants to work with me on a project and say that's what it's called. It's kind of like a band, kind of like a label, kind of like a cooperative, kind of like a blank slate. If I'm not there, it can't really be called PLP. If I am there, maybe. If it's just me, probably. We first met in 2010 while I was a student of the audio program at Santa Fe Community College. He has taught me nearly everything I know about audio engineering. He's shown me many mixing tricks and beat making techniques. In fact, the programs he taught me to use are still the ones I'm using eight years later. So it's a lot of fun to have him in here. Let's listen to this cool piece Jason made and then we'll get into the conversation. So I'm Jason Goodyear. Um, I'm a musician, composer, producer, engineer who lives in Santa Fe, and uh, I'm very fortunate to have been teaching tons of talented musicians for, I was thinking about it, I think it's like about 17 years uh, at both the Santa Fe Community College and the Santa Fe University of Art and Design. And this piece is actually a track that I wrote um, the day Ableton 9 came out, Ableton 10 just came out, and it's amazing. But Ableton 9 came out, and I was like, it's all presets. going to sit down, <laughs> do a whole bunch of presets. But then, of course, I added a lot of like samples and loops and recordings and other stuff. So it's just kind of this ambient kind of thing. 
but it's got a little a little groove to it because I was pulling pulling some of those Ableton presets in there. That's awesome. I remember in your class you were the the wizard with Ableton. And I, it was the Ableton Live class that we met. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think I'd taken other no, classes. No, you had you. taken yeah. it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think you were still in your songwriter class. phase when you took the other ones. Yes, I was just doing singer songwriter, no MIDI, nothing, just record yeah. microphones and yeah, yeah, and recording sounds and and uh, yeah, it was. I was playing. I had reason, and I was playing with it, but it was never. It was more just kind of like I'm a musician who is fascinated by music, so yeah, it wasn't yeah. like my craft but it was a crazy thing i wanted to play with and ex- explore so yeah. so it was fun i was playing with it and then your class i think i also needed the credits too so it was, <laughs> you know another reason but took yeah. that class and um i already kind of knew reason but didn't know ableton and really just focused that's one thing i wish i would have taken more out of that class myself was i didn't really pay attention to the live stuff i was really so enamored Whoa. with reason that I was just I couldn't get enough of it. Reason's pretty great, but I still don't even know how to work my <laughs> way around live. You know, That's it. Yeah, I'm Pro Tools and it. Reason together. They do the job that I'm looking for. It's concrete, you know. That's the thing about the apps. Everybody's got their different approach. You know, Reason's all about the the bright colors and look like a rack of gear and really great sounds. You know, Swedish people sitting all sitting inside all winter, just making those great patches. You know, that's what I always imagine. Well, yeah, I think you did show me a reason in the like intro audio one yeah, class. Yeah. You, you, we gloss over that. Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was actually I probably now that I remember my very first taste of reason, and I use it every single day, pretty much. So it's it's the same just, reason to reason five or something. It's a really great app. I mean, the thing about it is, I use it all the time. I like always run everything through Ableton because it's such a a great way to do live sort of stuff. And uh, but I have Reason running at the same time, and it's like my bank of synths because they just all have that really fat, really really great sort of sound to them. Yeah. yeah, like I know if I could utilize the tools I have in front of me just the right way, I could, I could do a really cool live show with keys and looping and as long because oh, yeah. I rap, you know, to a beat. And now with the group, we have a DJ and he's awesome and that yeah. really adds a lot. But, but I know I could do something. Like I have a friend who goes by Ox Audio and he, uh, he That's does like live beat making. <laughs> he has a table and a microphone and changes like the effects on his voice. Yeah, plays his beats and gets his beat set up and then gets in front and raps for a while and so cool like that that's yeah. a big thing so I, i'm like i could do that too but i just don't you know i i don't know <laughs> i'm a tinkerer i like to do it here get my music just set up yeah. just the way and then well, go out on stage yeah. and just worry about the vocals and that's a that's a thing too you know everybody everybody's got their own approach and now there's enough tools that everybody can do it the way they want you know what what you do, you know, it's like the Pro Tools makes total sense. The Pro Tools and the reason, because you're making a you're making a solid thing. You know, it's like this is done. This is good. I'm gonna do it for you, and you're gonna love it. You know, that kind of thing. It's, and then other people, like your friend, are probably a little bit of I don't know what's gonna happen. Let's just do something, and you're gonna love it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's you know. a, he's a showman. He does cool things like 
you know he has a few songs that he's gonna do but in between he's just kind of he knows he can do something cool and he's just gonna do it and then then slip in and out and every show is a little different so that's cool like me pretty much my like all when our crew performs oh we have a a 25 minute set so i'm in here actually measuring it uh, (laughs) you know it's like a tape measure for music exactly and it's like okay dj you hit play and if you just let it go through, you know, like our DJ, he does a lot of a lot more than just hit play. He scratches oh, and yeah. cuts. And yeah, he, yeah. He's actually pretty cool with this stuff. But um, and then there's an acapella. It's like, okay, remember after that song, stop it. <laughs> all right, cool. So he's got his own like list of cues and things he's yeah, worried yeah. about. But um, yeah, it's all like a measurement. Um, uh, but I think it'd be cool to kind of create this. I don't know. Well, you know, More there's fluid. Like, I don't remember what it's like to sit down and just play a guitar and well, sing. Well, you could do it. These machines you do that for do me. Do it, now. yeah, but you <laughs> could do it. There's a guitar on the wall right back there. You I can, can and I, but I still sample and play stuff. But I don't like play an entire three, yeah. four minute to the rhythm. I used to play drums. Yeah, yeah, I remember I don't that. Do about any you. of that anymore? <laughs> 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 I do, but not not in the way I used to. Yeah, it's well, amazing. Yeah. You know, there's something, and I. This is one of those things that I wish I could play because this is actually this project, which is like an almost there kind of thing. And one of the guys is like, no, 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 no. Don't play anything for people yet. You know, it's like that sort of thing. Or some people are like, I'm going to play you everything. I did the song yesterday. It's not done. There's no vocals and need to fix the bass, but I'm going to put it up online and everybody listen to it. I don't think that's so great. I'm I'm the same way. I hold off. It's like you got to hold off. But we we did some recordings of some stuff that I'm kind of like, no, you know, we could we could edit this a little and just put it out there, get people interested. But, you know, he's all like, mm, not quite yet, which is funny because he's the one. Actually, that's not true. A um, couple people are more freewheeling than I am about this stuff so it's a group it's it's me and scott jarrett and mikey chavez um are doing this little trio and um and so far we decided to call ourselves houndstooth is is the name we're going for but it's uh it's kind of built around being free with the whole computer music kind of thing so like Mikey's playing drums and he's triggering stuff in Ableton. He's got some pads. He's doing some loops of his own. This stuff is awesome. Oh, he's he's so talented. You like say my, that name, I'm like, all right, all right, yeah. No, my friend. That's uh, like a Ben Durfee name too. You know, you know <laughs> oh, Ben Durfee's in that band. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my friend Susan uh, is a bass player, and me and Susan and Mikey got together to play a couple times. And I still wish something would happen with that. But, you know, the way she said it is, like, Mikey keeps you honest. You know, it's like you can't show up halfway there because when there's one musician who's, like, all the way there every day, every time, you know, you can't, like, show up just kind of halfway because you're the one who's going <laughs> to bring it down. You don't want to be that way. Yeah, we make each other better that way. Yeah, so Mikey's doing Ableton and drums. Scott Jarrett is this insanely talented musician who um, he's doing like bass and guitar and he's running through a bunch of pedals. And then I'm taking him into my Ableton rig and looping what he's doing. 
and send that back out. And then especially when he's doing... Um, it's like multi-dimensional, yeah. like sampling yourself. It's totally, and especially wow, when he's playing guitar, crazy. I'm I'm laying down the bass sounds, um, and then I also do some percussion stuff. So it's this like, it's like going around where like Mikey's doing drums and some Ableton, and I'm doing Ableton and some percussion, and then Scott's doing his like strings, you know, and then I pull the strings back in. So we don't have anything that's out in the public yet but um uh we're playing on march 14th um actually ableton's coming to town um and this guy seraphin who's from denver and he plays sax and so he's going to come down and we're going to have ableton users group you can find us on facebook santa fe ableton users group and uh, Seraphin's going to come down and talk up Ableton, and then he's going to sit in with us, and we're going to we're going to do a set. Nice, you're going to record it. <laughs> hopefully, mm. the the thing about this group is like when Scott and I were playing together, we'd like get together. When Scott and I were, I, I'm like you know I used to do voiceover engineering stuff, and so like I was moving my hands, and I just like hit the pop filter. So instantly, I just start over and say it again. <laughs> it's, just, it's just this instinct, you know, and it's, it's like, oh, crap, take two. Yeah, yeah I used, know. when we started this podcast, I was so careful. And I'm like, you yeah. know, let's talk radio, man. Chill it's out. Like, yeah, exactly. But it's like this, that instinct is in there. The more I listen to podcasts, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're yeah. not even trying. They're not, they're not <laughs> even trying. It's just like, it's like oh, I'm sitting in my living room. It's like, but... Yeah, so that that act, when Scott and I were playing together, we would like come up with parts and play things. And now I get the feeling that, you know, everybody just wants to like make it up from scratch, all the time. And I'm I'm there kind of going, can't we just like record something and, you know, compl- make unless it? Unless you're alive, you know, record a live, good. do yeah. a lot of jam recordings, and then I'm not into jam bands, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just, rewind. I, I just can't go that way. But All right, well, I'm sure whatever it turns out will be pretty cool. Sounds amazing. Yeah. This track is called Hello, Old Friend by Nathan Smarage.
I grew up in the in the upper Midwest. I grew up in South Dakota, and there's not a whole lot of people in the world that can say <laughs> they're from North or South Dakota. There's not a whole lot of us. And it's the sort of place that, you know, when you hit like 17, there's just like an eject button and you just got to go somewhere else because there's nothing going on in South Dakota. At least that was the way it was when I grew up there. And so I went to Minneapolis, which is like the big city when you go to Minneapolis. And I was there, you know, there was that one year <laughs> between between like like hair metal and uh, Seattle, there was like one year where Minneapolis was like the coolest music town on the face of the planet. You know, we had Prince, uh, Janet Jackson was coming there to record. There was like Husker Du and the replacements and all this like hard edge stuff. And it just, yeah, it was just a great time to be in Minneapolis with all this stuff happening. You could just go out any night of the week to some club and there was something great going on. All these in, you know, northeast Minneapolis, there are all these like abandoned warehouses that were like practice spaces. And and honestly, that was that was one thing that was weird about moving to Santa Fe because I'm so happy I'm living here instead of Minneapolis. Um, you know, just sunlight is is just a wonderful gift. And there's so many talented musicians in Santa Fe, just incredible. But when I moved here like 20 years ago, um, it still is very much a gig-based scene. It's more a gig-based scene than a band-based scene is, is the way I think it is in terms of like the paying gigs and stuff like that. If you're doing your own thing, you're doing your own thing. Who cares what the scene is like? You know, you make your scene and you do it and it's just, it's just the best way to approach it. Because when I first got here, I didn't know that many people. So I was just like taking gigs, you know, because I play guitar. I was just taking gigs. Oh, I'll do this or I'll do that. And it, it was just like these people did not want to practice. They did not want to rehearse, you know. It was just like, okay, we're doing, like, these songs. This one's kind of bluesy, so just do something. And, you know, we'll practice. We'll do, like, the first verse and the first chorus, and that's the rehearsal for the song. And in Minneapolis, you know, all these warehouses full of people who never played a gig, but they were, like, playing music five to seven nights a week just because they wanted to play music. And that's kind of the background I came from. You know, in South Dakota, we would have to book, like, a party room at, at like, a Howard Johnson's hotel or something like that. And that was, like, our one gig for three months. And, you know, other than that, you're just playing music because you want to play music. And that's maybe an unfortunate thing about the way music is going now, the fact that you can't really make make money off of music. It's really difficult to do. Some people have it figured out, um, but it's just difficult in general to make a lot of money off of music. But uh, so you just do it because you love it. And yeah, the last the last few. So I moved here like 2000, uh, and shortly after I moved here, I got uh, the gig teaching out at the community college, which is how I met you. And uh, I just kept asking to teach more classes, and they just kept saying yes. 
So like that first class audio production one is still 20 years later is full every semester. Like one, one semester, the class filled up in four hours. Once oh, wow. enrollment started, four hours later, class was full. It's, That's awesome. Yeah. And so I was, well, can I do a second level? It's like, yeah. It's like, can I do a Reason and Live class? It's like, okay, sure. You know, whatever. And things are different now. It's harder. It's with money, you know, in the community college, it's harder to say, oh, let me just do a class. What but, was that other one you did? So there's like a I remember doing one where I did weird stuff for for what I was like for me it was completely just I would never do this but it yeah. it was an assignment for this one class. Oh, so that was Sound that for was film. that was well we did it. Yeah, right? maybe that was it. For me because I was never into like I do do it for music. Did you do sound for film? I think so. Cuz there was the audio production one which was like get to know pro tools. And there is an audio production two, which is different now. Audio production two is like mixing and mastering, uh, which oh, is really? really great. Yeah, that's a great class. Maybe I, I need love to teaching sign up that, for that class. A little refresher course. <laughs> but you did the original audio production two, where it was more just about doing stuff. And I think I was like, you know, okay, so this week you just have to do something. You know, or like I remember like one class was just like bring something from home that makes a weird sound. And, you know, we would yeah, just maybe, make a Maybe that's what it make was. A recording. I'm but we did do one sound for, f- there was a class did, where yeah. there was a video. It was like an old, it was, was it? Plan 9. Exactly. Plan 9 from Outer Space. And we all yeah. made the sounds for it. Yeah, was, and was so. Was that an audio too? No, no, no. That was, you're right. That was. So I did take that. I took yeah. a bunch <laughs> at that period. Yeah, that was the sound now. for film. That class doesn't exist anymore, sadly. But that was the sound for film class, which was all about post-production sound. So we would do, you guys had to like dub, overdub the dialogue, do some ADR and replace the replace the dialogue. And then there was like Foley and sound effects and then some music. And it was so funny because when I started that class, it was like I knew I wanted to do that. I knew a wanted to have like a scene from a film and then over the course of the semester we replaced everything so i was sitting there and i was thinking well what movie should we use you know and i'm thinking about all these great movies and then i realized i can't you know can't do a great movie because then you do this like lame imitation of it and everybody's used to like you know it's lame because it's not like the actual actor and it's not and everybody's seen it already so it was like Plan 9 from Outer Space, you know, because we can make it better, <laughs> better than the original. I remember and, that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun in those classes, even the, the field the field recording class. In fact, uh, I, I, I own one of those field, the same kind, the Zoom 4. Yeah, I don't remember. the H4N? H, yeah, I think yeah. this was. And yeah. I, since then, I've taken it down to Peru. I've done, oh, uh, yeah. I've, I've inter- done two podcast interviews in Peru with it. Um, you know, so that was one raw raw world radio episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I've incorporated a lot of sounds into my own beats and my own music through using that. In fact, I've sampled um, musicians by recording them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some in down have... in Peru, some music, and I've made beats yeah. with songs I've exactly. sampled. And so, and so, yeah, I learned a lot of cool stuff from that era. That was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, about that time, I was actually playing in this band with uh, uh, Susan Holmes and originally John Gagan, who's a really just incredible bass player. 
Uh, he's a local, does lots of jazz stuff. But the funny thing is that he grew up with these two brothers who are also musicians, and they wanted to play guitar and bass, so they were like, no, John, you're the drummer. You know, you go back there and play drums. And everybody wanted to play guitar, but John was like, no, nah, you, you play drums. And uh, the name of the group was Milo Davinas, and one of the reasons for existing was John kind of wanted to go back and play drums again. He really hadn't been playing drums for a long time. And Susan wanted it to be like this kind of instrumental guitar, kind of post-punk surf sort of band. And that was Milo Davinas, and that was really great. You should totally play a track from that. I'm going to give you a track off of the Milo Davinas totally. album. So, so Milo Davinas was a great band, and, and John was a great drummer, but eventually we wanted to play harder than John wanted to play. <laughs> so we started playing with Mark Clark, who is just, you know, um, you and I were talking about how there's some musicians where you just see their name and you're like, oh, okay, that's it. And that's Mark. Mark. Mark's the kind of guy who, like, I ran into him at a bagel shop once and I was like, I haven't seen you for a while. Mark, what you been up to? And he was like, oh, I just came back from doing the Cat Stevens album. You know, it's just like, okay, I was like, you know, at, at like Target (laughs) and he, and he's like recording with Cat Stevens. Yeah. That's a big name. Yeah. But anyhow, um, you should play the ad tube. It's this, it's this song that, uh, I was, do you remember the black hole up in Los Alamos? You go to the black hole. Yeah, like all the all old the, the trash, all the like stuff from the labs and things. All yeah, the crazy, crazy technology. Yeah, so I was, I was. Uh, Ed I, Grothis. Ed Grothis. Yep. Yes. I had gone up to the black hole and I was talking with Ed Grothis, and I don't even know what I got. I got something. Um, actually, it might have. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> I went up there anyhow. I was talking to Ed Grothis, and I was coming home, and I drove past um, up in Los Alamos. There was, like, Ed's Grocery, and I was listening to music, and the Pixie song, Ed is Dead, came on. It was, like, all these Eds all at once. And I made a joke to Susan about driving in the Ed tube, and that's where this song came from. And you got to pay attention in the breakdown in the middle because there's this there's this part where Mark's just on the snare, he's doing this slow roll, and it's just so, you know, we played it live and it slows down and it builds back up and stuff, and it's this, was this perfect little drum thing, and we got done, and he was like, I, I wanna fix that. And we're just like, no man, it's like, it's like perfect. He was like, no, I just gotta fix it. And he did. I have no idea how it's like the thing speeds up and slows down, gets quiet and gets loud and everything. And he just like dropped in there and played it again. And man, I don't know many drummers who could do that. Just like, just like hit it like that. And I couldn't hear the difference, but he fixed it.
taken to doing in the studio and I'm recording somebody is doing lots of playlists. It's like I really I really don't like punching in. You know, where like you you played the song, the whole song is done. So, oh wait, let's just go fix these two words or something like that. You know, it's like the technology is there, you can do it. And I'd much rather though know there are these two words we got to fix and say just take a shot at the whole song just do the whole song we'll fix those two words and you know i can just take the new take and drop those two words in and just as if i was doing a punch but a lot of times when you tell somebody there's no pressure we're just fixing these two words but why not just do the song anyhow all the tension goes away, everything's relaxed, it's it's all and then they just do it and then oftentimes that's the take. Yeah. You know? A, that is a good point. Yeah. What I like to do when I'm recording someone like a drummer, if there's like say there's parts that are already done and the drummer's playing to parts, you know, it's like a click track, something like that. Is that I'll like record them like eight or ten times, you know, just like a whole bunch of times and usually giving them feedback. On, this is if it's one of my songs. You know, I'm giving them a little feedback, say, try doing this, or maybe this would be a good way to do it. And then, you know, by the time you're up to like eight takes or something, obviously they got it. So it's just like, let's just do a few takes. And, and that way, if, you know, sometimes the mistakes people make are the best things and so you got a whole bunch of takes maybe maybe take three wasn't great but like this little fill they did which was kind of a little awkward but damn it just sounds good and then you got that and then but the thing i do at the end is always the last the last take i i do is just like you know we got it it doesn't matter and i'll be like just just play it play it louder than you think it should be you know play it louder than you think it should be it's like or i'll say like play this song like there's a dog biting your feet and you're running away from it or play the song like you just 
you just had a fight with your girlfriend over text and you don't actually know what's going on. You just know that <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> Setting yeah. moods. Yeah, you just set a mood to somebody and just say, go with that. And again, it's like they know that you already got a good take. And so why not take a chance? And that's just a great, and that's a hard thing to do with yourself. You know, we've talked about how, like, I'm used to recording myself, but sometimes it'd be nice if somebody else was just there to run things. You know, that's a hard thing to do with yourself, to say, like, I, it's all good. I'm just going to do one more take and just be totally relaxed because as I'm doing it, I'm, like, thinking, oh, is this take better? <laughs> Is this is this the better version? I don't know about you, but like when I'm when I'm performing for my own recordings, it's it's hard to take off the engineer hat. You know, you're always oh did that peak? Oh wait, did that uh, was that a pop? Did I pop there? And it's just it's it hard, hard to do and that. A new thing that I've just started doing is I've been actively seeking other beat makers to mm. rap over their beats. And um, for me, it's kind of a big stretch because my approach is I make, because of the class, you know, my origin yeah. is making beats and then rapping over them. That's like my process, what I do. Yeah. But a couple of times, you know, over the period of being a musician, uh, people give me beats or, yeah. or I work on beats for different projects or co yeah. uh, collaborations or um, features on other people's tracks. And I've started to actually really like it. It's e it's easier because now I'm not worried about oh should I chosen that different snare sound? Exactly. Did I mix that hi hat too loud? Like I'm not even. It's someone else's problem. It's <laughs> someone else's song. So when when I get that piece, it's like that's what it is. I'm not worried. Oh, should I put a yeah. build up there? I should have reversed the symbol. You know, just <laughs> giving yourself just one job is just liberating yeah you know that's, that's what's nice about this houndstooth group is like i'm doing ableton but i'm not doing everything it's like the whole show is not me i can like i can just hit stop and let it go and mikey and scott are going you know it's just and then i can stop and not do anything and listen to what's going on and then be like oh there you go this makes sense Takes it's just off. Yeah, it's and then you're able to respond, you know. It's like your your collab even if it's a beat that's already done and everything, you're collaborating. You know, it's like you find something else inside yourself because you're paying attention to what somebody else is doing. It's true. I, things is, have come out of me on beats other people made that I I'm like, "Why well, wouldn't have made that sound?" I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have or some beats, I love them. I think they're great yeah. that other people make. But I also hear them, and I'm like, I would have never picked that. Or I would, if I would have made that sound, I would have said, oh, that sound sucks. And, and <laughs> overlooked it. But then someone else will use that same sound and put it on a beat. I'm like, this is this, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I've learned not to overcomplicate my beats. Because I used to just pile things into them. Simple. And I'm learning, like, chill Simple out. Simple is like, good. Take, so I, I, I subtract. Subtractive EQing yep. is a big Subtractive thing. Subtractive EQs. Notch EQs are still my favorite thing to do. Oh, yeah. You know, my friend <laughs> my friend Mike, who runs the studio that I worked at in Minneapolis, um, what he always says about his music is he says, like, I do whatever I want, and then I take stuff away until it doesn't bug me. 
And that's like, that's how he describes his process. And it sounds just like cocky, like he's just saying that, but I've seen him work and that's exactly how he works. When he starts out, there's like no filter. It's like anything happens, he gets some weird idea that makes no sense whatsoever. He just does it and just records everything and then looks to find something. And that's great. That's really, the limitations are, are actually my preferred way in fact, this I'm working on this thing now, which is is not anywhere. A, there's not a single song on it that's done yet. But but I've been working a lot in Ableton, and you can do everything in Ableton. You know, um, it's got all the synths. You can record in it and stuff. And you find yourself doing something like, you know, you're writing the song, and kind of what you were talking about. You're writing the song. And you're down to the point of mixing, and then you're like, uh, no, I got to go find a new snare drum. And, and, it's, and so you're kind of like mixing up the process of writing and recording and mixing and mastering into one thing. And I then find myself in that situation it's constantly. Just, <laughs> and so what I thought of was I was like, because honest to God, I love when I'm driving in the car, I love listening to like oldies radio and listening to like 70s and 80s music because before the computer you can totally hear the physicality of it you know if i don't i'm not listening to the songs i'm listening like to the engineering and like what are they doing with with like echo here and some songs that you've heard a million times whether you wanted to or not and if i would ask you you'd be like no there's no echo on that but you listen to it and there's like tons of echo and it's just blending things and I was like you know back then people had to kind of be more strong about their choices because they couldn't go back you know they could they couldn't back up and so what I started doing was I would write it in Ableton and then I would bounce all the tracks separately as audio and put them into Pro Tools and it'd be like nope you're done you want to change the synth sound? Sorry, you can't. That's what it is. And it's in Pro Tools now. Because like in the 1970s, I was not working in recording studios because I was at most tiny, you know. And, but in the 1970s, it, it was a different thing. If you were mixing, all the instruments were there. You know, if you're mixing and then it occurred to you, oh, hey, I want to add a new, I want to change the guitar solo. It was like, okay, well, let's book another day for $750 and come back with a whole different group of people and record a guitar solo. And that's kind of what I was going for is like all the parts now, they're done. All you can do is like mix it. That's, and that's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Funny enough, just today I was listening to an interview with uh, Eddie Kramer. Oh, Yeah. Um, yeah, he's one of those old guys who yeah, like did all that he, stuff. I think you know, like Jimi Hendrix studio yeah. was it Pink Lady, some, Lady Electric Lady, Lady, Electric Land. Lady Yeah, he yeah. built it. Like he was oh, the Electric guy. Lady, and then the album was Electric Lady Land. Yeah, I yeah. think on the podcast they actually say people always mix that up. <laughs> but um, that's when I was listening to it today, and it wasn't yeah. even coincidentally that we're getting yeah, together. Yeah. It was just happened. I was cleaning, and I threw it. On. <laughs> um, but one thing. And even funnier, because you're an educator, uh, one of his big things he said on the interview was, he's like, you know, the problem with uh, um, recording schools, modern recording schools, is they don't 
what he thinks needs to be in the curriculum is like the first thing they should teach everyone is how to record in mono <laughs> and just like just put a whole band together put the mics in the right place and just yeah just do that and then you understand what you're trying to capture with your pure limitation yeah and then 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 once you figure out oh okay well this is good for that and this is good for this and oh, yeah. you use this mic and oh if you multi you know build from there but we're no, all kind of learning that's, backwards. That's like, look at all the true. crazy things you can do. <laughs> right. It's true. And there's there's like lots of – there's so much going on now that there's always these debates about like when should you so, show someone the patch bay? Like when should you show someone like how many different things you can do? You know, should you start out showing them that so they don't get freaked out <laughs> when they see it so they're comfortable with it? Or you should, should you start them showing them just the other stuff and – you know, then, hey, look at all your choices. You know, the thing I think that helped me so much um, is limitations again. But this is is what I think everybody should learn in school, have to do in school. Um, And actually, I do it in my audio production to mixing and mastering classes. I, I like make people do this and it just like they cannot grasp it at all. Um, is that when I was a kid, I had one of those old Tascam four tracks, the where you recorded on cassette, and it was like, and, and you're looking to see where yours is. <laughs> I, I do. I have it handy. Yeah, and but I have one you of those. Tell me that. Yeah, um, and you know, like two tracks on the front of the tape, two tracks on the back, and then you just have to bounce them together. And the it was like there you go there's the one I had the Fostex, but oh yeah I had the Tascam Porta Studio but it was it was the same thing first, first uh... but you know you got it you're basically recording in mono and you're bouncing because if you like record three things you want to record more you bounce these three things over to there oh I never you know? I don't think I ever got that good I think I just yeah. uh, found ways to record with yeah. only four tracks oh yeah. But, you know, what I would do is, let's say, because I had my Alesis SR-16 drum machine, uh, which I'm so devastated I sold that thing, you know. I regret every musical instrument I ever sold. But so, you know, SR-16 on the first track, uh, bass guitar on the second track, rhythm guitar on the third track. You want to do a little vocals, you want to add some keyboards or something, you got to take those three and bounce them down to one. And then, of course, once you've done that, you can't change the volume of the bass, you know? Done, yeah. And it's like that was like the best mixing exercise ever is to try to hold in your head how loud should the bass be, how loud should the guitar be, and not being able to change it later because it just helps you like look at a song and just understand what is it and this part is just going to be here because that's where that part should be that's such a better way than i did i mean i was a kid, it was before i took any school yeah and learned anything but i think what i did is track one i did oh man i did drums bass and rhythm guitar on one track yeah but you're still i mean guitar on the other track vocals on one track and backup vocals on the other track yeah that was for our punk yeah came out 
terribly, but but <laughs> you know, I don't think it was that. You s- <laughs> you're dealing with the same thing I'm talking about, even if you're recording, you know, guitar, bass, and drums at the same time. There's that no, you you had you at can't. least another level of mixing. Well, but Mine the point is like, like once <laughs> the point is that once I like group guitar, bass, and drums together, I couldn't change it, and once you recorded guitar, bass, and drums, you can't change it. And that's the thing is like to be able to sit down and say, this is my like vision of the song. And it is true that, uh, you know, once once you're into the world of Pro Tools or, or Ableton or Reason or Logic or Cubase or whatever, once you're into that computer based uh, world of of music, so much is changeable and it's it's great. But, you know, sometimes you just end up going into a loop where you just, you're never happy. <laughs> I've spent hours sitting here just clicking between different kick sounds. And yeah. then I make a synth and I'll switch to a different synth. And then switch. Yeah, that, that, this has come up a lot on the podcast. It's like limitations yeah. are key. Well, you know what I did finally in Ableton was I started playing... I started playing with my friend Scott, and he was playing bass, and I was doing all the stuff in Ableton. And both of us have played in bands a whole lot. So you know that that thing when you're sitting there with a band, and, like, one person will, like, pull up this riff, and it's like, ah, that's great, you know? And and then, like, the drummer will throw in a little beat that matches the riff, you know? And then the guitar player will jump in. and It's just like something happens, and everybody jumps on it. And Scott and I would be sitting around, and he'd play, like, this little thing on the bass, and I'd be like, oh, that's great. You know, like, give me, like, five minutes while I find, like, the right sound. (laughs) Or give me, like, ten minutes to pick out some drum stuff to go with it. And then, of course, it's it's gone. It's It's just gone because by the time I have something to go with it, he's, like, moved on to something else because he's on an instrument, which is just fluid. And so what I did was I just started making these racks in Ableton that just have different synth sounds, different bass sounds, different drum sounds. And they're like maybe not the sound they're going to be in the mix. They're maybe not, a, you know, my favorite sound. or Kind of like mean, presets to jump into and then modify. Yeah, the but moment. using racks in Ableton then you can just assign a knob that lets you scroll through the different sounds. So it's just like, I know I got like eight kick sounds and, you know, the song starts, somebody starts the song and, you know, oh, it sounds like this, twist to that kick, you know, and then I can start, I can start writing, I can start playing without having to be, hold on, you know, there's like 750 synth sounds I want to audition. There's just, you know, I got like five. And again, maybe it's not going to be the final thing, but it's good enough to play the song right. and see what's going on. Changed my life. In Jason's own words, this is a selection from a chance-based electronic interpretation of box art of Fugue.
once someone told me it's like don't ever get into like synths and stuff man it's just it's too much because <laughs> i was already so deep into my guitar stuff like, don't even go there yeah i guess i didn't listen <laughs> no uh-uh. it's a good thing i like what you do i'm glad you didn't listen uh, i mean i i have fun i appreciate it yeah, yeah i never stopped doing it <laughs> steady ever since school <laughs> yeah even Taylor sometimes still comes by and makes music. He he lives in Portland now, but yeah, yeah. I was kind of hoping we still for do some work. It's kind of hoping for a state of the Mingo reunion. I but, know yeah, that would have been yeah. awesome, but yeah, he, uh, he's not available. Yeah, we uh, we're working on an album for the last couple of years. We said 2020, the new Mingo album. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up too soon, though. There you go. Yeah, is he doing any music up there? He does everything all the time. Yeah, Taylor is. Uh, he's a force of nature. Yes. So, like, yeah, he was on the podcast not that long ago, and yeah. uh, we were talking about photography the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah. earlier last year, we released on the podcast a st- new State of the Mingo song, the only place. Only place. But it's not finished. That's the ones that we were talking about that's not releasing. Stuff. That's the one time comes to mind that we released something just yeah. like, here's, the, I think it's called like demo version. Like it doesn't even have a name, but yeah. it's like, here's something. Yeah, well, it's not going to be you though, but we should talk about the big show that's coming. Or no, it's not going to be Mingo, but it's going right. to be, it's going to be OG Willikers. Right. Yeah, performing yeah. at this. good time to talk about that. Yeah. Performing at the show coming up. What show? What show? It's Jason's 50th birthday jubilee because nice. um, I'm turning 50. And I found out that it actually is a jubilee. You know, that like the Queen's jubilee or some sort of you know, who, who uses the word jubilee. I don't know. But a synonym for celebration? For big party. Yeah. For big ass parties, I think the official definition of jubilee. But I found out that there's actually rules that jubilee is like 25 years or 50 years or then there's something else like 60 or 75 or something nice but i gotta say since i said it it's awesome when you have the chance to say you're having a jubilee you totally gotta say you're having jubilee because it feels great i missed my first one (laughs) you missed you missed your i missed (laughs) my first one too so but anyhow it's it's jason's 50th birthday jubilee but i was sitting around and I was thinking, what do I want to do? And of course, music. I want to do music. And see, my sister turned 50 a year and a half ago. Um, and she had just this badass, funky dance party, which just went on for hours. And just, and she called me up and she was like, I'm turning 50. You're going to be there. I bought you a plane ticket. And she lives in Boston. And it was it was the best weekend because I like got up Saturday morning, got on the plane, showed up in Boston like you know half hour before the party started, like went got some food, spent the whole night at Leslie's funky dance party, and then got up the next morning, went went had breakfast, went to some record stores, and then came back home. It was just this like you know Leslie's birthday weekend sort of thing. And it was just awesome. So I was like, okay, so I got to measure up. <laughs> Is she coming? She's coming. She's yeah. coming. All right. So that's... my sister's coming. I got to like measure up. So Ooh, so we got pressure. yeah we got Second Street Rufina. That makes me nervous. Now I got to yeah, do better. Now you got to do better. Can't you cannot embarrass stuff. and stuff. 
cannot embarrass yourself oh, in front of my I sister. Play, I haven't thought about this. Maybe I should play an old throwback, you know, just for yeah. fun. You know, one of the old... Put on a little robot costume. That's what you should I do. I don't have a costume anymore. <laughs> Sadly, the last night we wore it, one of us drunkenly left the mask in a bar. Oh. And then someone found it, and it was somewhere, and it was in a car somewhere, and I just had to go get it, but I never made it, and... Yep. I'm sure it's still around. It might have been thrown out by now. It's a little funky, but <laughs> I was gonna say it is like, a relic. Like, if I still owned it, I'd do. It yeah, would yeah. have a, yeah, a mount on the wall. Maybe I'd hang the helmet like on the wall, like yeah. a, like a trophy. Yeah, hunter. <laughs> Definitely. But maybe I'll play an old song. I'll have to think about. It. I got to remember what I used as a, as a final or something. <laughs> Let's see. Maybe I'll revisit. Maybe not. Yeah. Not a promise. Yeah. Anyway. Anyhow, so me. yeah, so it's a ton of. You know, and I'm one one thing. One thing that I got from my sister's party too is that is the it's not about me thing. You know, it's just like she was like, I'm turning fifty. I'm throwing a party basically for all my friends. You know, it's it's an excuse. It's like you know those big round numbers. People expect something to happen, so it's like it's an excuse. So she was like, all my friends come. You're gonna you're going to have a great time. I'm throwing this big party. And so I don't have friends like she has friends. I have awesome friends, but you know, she's one of those people um who's just like magnetic, you know. People just people just want to hang with my sister, you know. My mom was like that too. She never had to like call anybody up and say, "Hey, you want to go see a movie?" cuz like people were just calling her all the time. You know, that sort of thing. And uh but I have great friends, and I know lots of great people, and so I thought the the way I could match my sister is all these talented musicians I know, you know, come together. And I was, like, thinking, you know, I can book a gig. <laughs> That's what I can do. I can I can book, book a gig and put together a show and, you know, if you want to say it's Jason's birthday and that'll get some people to come then you know why not and it's like again it's oh that's awesome man. most and, of the and time your students too right yeah most of the time with my birthday i just i don't want to do anything you know like go out to dinner or something like that i'm pretty low-key myself yeah but you know those big round numbers like i said people want to see you do something so take advantage of it get people to come out and see and then i like you said all these students just Every every act is either completely students or some people in the in the group used to be students, former students or even current students. Yeah. So who all do we have on this playlist? Well, um, uh, there's a actually a Balkan vocal trio. It's going to start things off. Nice. Um, they're called Caesaria, and uh, Rebecca Tornanki is one of the one of the vocalists, and she's taken lots of classes from me been nice. you know really great friends for more than 10 years um and uh then there's going to be nathan smarage who everybody should know and you should totally have on your podcast she's is uh, awesome. he is not she he is just insanely talented guitar player it's just you know he he plays like this finger style kind of ragtime influenced acoustic guitar stuff and that's kind of my background too not like the ragtime thing but i play acoustic guitar and sort of finger style stuff and it was really great because for a while he was living across the street from me 
and um he would like be i just wrote a song and he'd come over and we'd record it and you know just like go through it and just sort of like be guitar players you know that's always nice but he's just crazy talented and his new album which uh luke carr recorded at this art gallery downtown um really kind of got a little sort of low vibe lo-fi vibe to it and it's just great so he puts on a good show i have to look that up yeah i'm definitely interested in that artist's yeah. career he does cool stuff yeah and then um uh group called Padma, which is Mikey Chavez and Adrienne Bellis. And uh, they do electronic stuff, like live electronic kind of stuff. And I don't know what they're going to be doing. So that'll be a lot of fun. Nice. And Suspense. Yeah. And then there's the hip-hop section. You've got, got OG Willikers, an exclusive, yeah, yeah. who's a, a former student who's down in Albuquerque. Um, yeah, he's cool. He's yeah. cool. I've worked with him a few times. Not really yeah. musically, but well, in a way. Yeah. He's, he uh, yeah. did a video for yeah he's he's got the video show. stuff going on now he's like the master of all media now he's like the video the photography the music yeah, the, he did a beautiful we had a, yeah. a one of the guys in our collective did a album release show at meow wolf and yeah i saw that online one. yeah yeah the, the, he had the the drone footage with the lightning in the background <laughs> flying over meow wolf We're like wow that blew us away yeah he's he's got it going on stuff. but so you're gonna get to see him see yeah. him do his thing musically which is going to be a good thing with the dj with the dj and also so yeah so Flowbug, who's yeah. like a big name from here he moved away for a while but flow Flowbug is a dj that a lot of people know from back in the day um and he's uh you know tim seriously one of the most talented djs i've ever seen he's like he does that he's got that dj radar you know where he can just like look at the look at the crowd and be like what's going on i saw him once at this club downtown and it was one of those things where it was like tuesday night it's like twelve thirty, you know and what's going on in santa fe nobody's anywhere and so it was like coming and i was coming up on closing time and he's spinning and the only people on the dance floor was this like rich tourist and his like trophy wife and they're just like dancing and he he like looked out there he saw like the old rich guy and he like dropped some Fleetwood Mac into the mix (laughs) and this guy was so happy you know and Tim's just that kind of DJ who can say like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make choices it's just like what does the room need right now and that's a good skill the room Not needed all DJs are into that, which I, I respect know. that too. Though. I respect that. I you know, totally depends res- on what you do it for. Yeah, and you but know, that it's, is a cool skill. It's, it's a cool skill. That's profitable. <laughs> it's profitable. <laughs> You're trying to make money doing it. Yeah, you know, because there's. I I know another DJ who's really really good who's kind of running into this now that she she wants to keep moving up. And she's running into this block now where everybody's like, well, do you produce? You know, because DJ's got to produce now. It's not It's not just enough to have, like, Tim's skills and her skills are just, I got no idea what's going on. I mean, I can produce, I can perform, but I know I'm not a DJ. You know, it's like there's a whole other thing going on there that whether they're playing their own stuff or they're doing that sort of stuff about reading the crowd and things is 
there's a whole other whole other language whole and then you have your own to be able to do that read a crowd and know yeah. what to play with your own music yeah. it's pretty cool too to pull oh that yeah out. exactly that's where that's... our dj in our group dj cap he's starting to get to the point where he's like you know i've been djing forever and i love it but he wants to make his own beats and right. dj his own music more and yeah beats are cool so oh yeah we're telling, we're telling him like do you mix in some of your stuff more you know that's and that's now. a yeah. good feeling too um as a performer to know your dj's got their shit together because you know you don't that's something you don't have to worry about then it's He's like been, it's been good like, he, like he, the, the last year we played like 30 shows together the whole yeah group, roughly and we were, things just kind of came together in those 30 shows and now we're we're like we don't have to even discuss yeah. some things that used to have to yeah you know, we just kind of know yeah. or he more like he i don't i don't well he, he relates to you songs He's are paying, and what to do know. and and what you know He's paying attention to you, so you know that's that's the thing. So is he coming along to the gig? Because I was, you know, Tim can Not for Tim can one. spin your tracks. Yeah, which I think is, we'll have Tim do good. it because uh, yeah, our guy. One thing for him is it's so much effort, and he likes to spin his own sets and stuff yeah. too. So I don't like to make him. You know, he's like a, yeah. Uh, I don't want to use my my uh my dj card this week DJ. for him <laughs> yeah exactly and then there's Keep even him primed there's, and prepped yeah there's even one more <laughs> performer who's gonna uh angelo harmsworth who people who know him around here know him more for his experimental stuff and you know he ha- puts on some concerts and things like that but uh, i had him as a private student and his stuff is a whole other kind of thing it's like he's done some really great ambient stuff some noise stuff some synth stuff just like really great like composer mind and it's and it's one of those things where i knew i wanted to have him perform and i knew i didn't want to know what he was going to do you know people like that where it's just like just come by just do something I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> That's awesome. It's you know? fun to do shows like this because I find myself doing a lot of hip hop exclusively shows, which is great too. That's a fun thing. But oh yeah, it's always different to. Um, yeah, because everybody be gets in their, everybody gets in their zone, sound. you know, because yeah. you're good at something, and so you go and do that thing that you're good at, and you meet all sorts of great people who are doing the same thing, and you're having a good time, and you're doing this and. You know, then there's somebody whose music you would really, really like, but they're across town doing a show at a different venue. Right. You know? So yeah. it's it's like, it can be really tricky to keep all that stuff together. And the thing is, I am so freaking lucky because I've, like, I've had all these people in classes. You know, I say all these people, including you. <laughs> and so... It, you know, the reason in live class, um, every year at the end of the class, there's the performance every semester. And that's just great because everybody who's been sitting in class doing their thing, you know, then all the people get to see what everybody else was doing. And that's something I've always known. But last semester, someone someone just like verbalized it. Like one of the students after class just said to me, it was like, oh my God, I can't wait for the show because I get to see what all these other people were doing. And that's kind of how I feel about this birthday show thing. 
is like like you said i've known you for like 10 years or something like that it's like all these all these musicians it's like the alumni show well yeah it's like (laughs) the alumni show but i i know like you've never heard caesarea and i know that like you know nathan has probably never heard exclusive you know and it's just like but i have and i know all you guys are great so it's like, it's you like know? a mixer too. It's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah. It's yeah. a mix and a mixer. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I guess. We've oh, and that an we should say in. that's like we should yeah, say that that's Sunday, February twenty fifth. Right. Yes. Sunday, Sun- February twenty fifth. Seven to ten at Second Street Rufina yeah. in Santa Fe, awesome. and no cover. No cover. It's no even cover. better. Bring your tip money. Bring your tip money. <laughs> get some dinner. Get some beers. Yep. Yeah. Everything all in one venue. little package. Yeah. It yeah, is. We got to play and there a little while back. And it was they even a got show. a stage, which is unheard of in Santa Fe. With David yeah. Badstubner on the sound. Can't get better than David on the sound. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, was there anything else that we missed? You know, we didn't. I guess we didn't really have an agenda. But we, was there no. anything you <laughs> wanted to say or play or? I know? had no agenda. No. All right. Cool. Well, I had a good time. I don't. I don't yeah. think there's anything else I have to say. Uh, you know, I could keep going forever, but you know, we're already over an hour in, so we want to yeah keep this concise, t- concise, keep it tight. Yeah. Um, it tight. So I guess we'll do a song. Yeah. Another one. Last one of the night. Last one of the night. I have no idea what it is, but it's spinning right now, and it's probably fading in as we're talking. Don't you think? Probably. Probably is. This track is called Ending at the Beginning by Pretty Little Paw, originally composed as a dance piece. Thank you. 